0: This episode is brought to you by Margie Lamb, health coach and founder of Healthy and Hustlin. Are you fed up with the dieting and the seemingly contradictory health advice out there? Do you want to feel great in your body and accomplish your goals in a way that's empowering and not overwhelming? For me, the answer was an easy yes. Five years ago, I was pushing 200 pounds. I worked out twice a day and counted my calories. I didn't really see a movement on the scale, nor my body type. So I decided to check my ego and call up a health coach. Margie, as a certified integrative nutrition health coach, works with each client as a guide and mentor to build a healthy, sustainable lifestyle that will help you reach your health goals. She offers free one-hour initial consultations. To learn more, visit her website, www.healthyandhustlin.com. That's www.healthyandhustlin.com and hustling spelled H-U-S-T-L-I-N dot com. Friendly, great presence, great awareness, compassionate, full of passion, full of life. Those are words I used to describe this strength coach on this episode. My name is Wong Lam, your host of the Finding Moments podcast, and today's very special guest is that strength coach, Gary Warren. His passion for life is amazing. More importantly, when you hear his journey to where he is today, you'll get a better understanding of why he loves life why he wants to help others, why he wants to keep giving back. Gary, your story is awesome. I'm so glad that we've come in contact with you. I look forward to this blossoming friendship, relationship with you, man. We're rooting you on. Let's go, Gary. Thank you so much for tuning in to Defining Moments Podcast. Get on social media. Find us on Instagram at Defining Moments Podcast. On Twitter at Def Moments Pod. That's at D-E-F Moments Pod. We're on all sorts of podcasting platforms from Google to iTunes to iHeartRadio to Spotify. Search Defining Moments Podcast. Like it. Subscribe to it. We're also on YouTube so you can see the video edition. Search Defining Moments Podcast. Like it. Subscribe to it if you believe in it. And no matter what, show some appreciation today every day because someone is always rooting you on welcome back to the finding moments podcast my name is Wong Lam and today's very special guest is the strength coach and mat specialist Gary Warren welcome to the podcast coach thank you for having me Hong. absolutely man a few weeks ago we actually met recently mm-hmm. I've seen you at the more uh, station yes for Months mm-hmm. and then actually a few weeks ago is the first time I really started interacting with you. Yeah And I'm so glad I did because man you really fixed my uh my back and my legs. Always good to so, hear. Oh, yeah It's <laughs> awesome. Before we get this party started mm-hmm. There's a something my wife and I wrote for you to have. Oh my gosh. So, yeah, <laughs> don't read it out loud. Oh, this okay. is just for you
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Thank yeah you.
0: and yeah. Uh, <laughs> Swag alert! This oh is my.
1: All right, <laughs> I love it. I love swag and a yeah. shirt
0: and a shirt. I,
1: I will make sure, and you, you'll see me at the station with these. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. That is fantastic. Wow! Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Our pleasure. It's it's so exciting to have you on. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great, great. I'm an early riser. Um, surprisingly, yeah. <laughs> surprisingly, how time changes you. Yeah. And so, yeah, I was an early riser. So, I've just been getting a lot of um, planning for the upcoming week done, mm-hmm. and it just makes things go much smoother throughout the week. So, it's been a good, it's been a good early morning. Yeah, you you talk about planning. Are you a pretty
0: structured person? Uh, I have been. I've yeah.
1: have i have become that. Not so much when I was younger, <laughs> and in some cases, in certain topics. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I no, I, I haven't been structured, but now I have. It's just you know, I, I heard that um, saying. Uh, sometimes you grow older, but not up. <laughs> you know that could be me in a certain couple of topics, and I think um, a variety of family members are happy that I finally got structured in almost everything.
0: <laughs> I like that you you grow older, but you don't grow up. So, what do you mean by you don't grow up?
1: Um, uh, d- maturity, okay. <laughs> maturity, you know, take care of business and, in, in certain topics, you know, cause, uh, uh, something that I grew up with was really focused on, um, training, mm. um, getting to know the body. But if I could go back and change one thing when I was doing my learning in school, uh, business, mm. I wish I would have known business a lot better before going out into the real world. It would have saved me quite a bit of a uh, headaches. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure.
0: I'm sure. When you, when you talk about structuring your week out, how does your week normally look? It's, I don't think it's a
1: 9 to 5 because I've seen you up at the gym right. at 5 o'clock in the morning. So mm-hmm. talk to us about your week. Week is pretty much um, structured in that uh, I, have a, I took a little bit from athletics um, into the entrepreneurship world because uh, I'm, I'm contract work, meaning that I'm not an employee of any kind mm-hmm. uh, anywhere. <laughs> and yeah. so that in and of itself gives you motivated. Uh, Because you want to be able to basically get your message in addition to your services known through as many people as possible throughout the day. So I've become an early riser because at one time I was an employee over at the station. And because of that, I was able to interact with people and whatnot. So when I transitioned over to contractor, those were the people that I knew. And so I knew, okay, this would probably be what was called a warm market and being able to tell people about my services. And they had known a little bit of what what I did, but not necessarily fully known. And by being able to go to those people that I was already familiar with, I already had rapport. It was much easier to get them to come on the table or get them on the exercise equipment once it was known what it is that I do um, outside of doing what was required of me at the station.
0: Yeah. So what is it that you do?
1: Um. Basically, exercise programming. And within that realm, there's a couple of uh, specialties, if you will. Mm -hmm. Uh, First thing would be uh, muscle activation techniques or MAT for short. Uh, What I do there is basically assess and treat what's called a muscular weakness. Okay. And for those of that don't know what a muscular weakness is, all that means is that the nervous system is not communicating as well as it could be with certain muscles and that shows up in the assessment through a limited range of motion provided that it's not anything from a genetic predisposition or something meaning that um one bone might be shorter than the other mm-hmm. um, on, in the legs um that would be the only thing that would be ruled out but let's say everything's normal um whatever that may be and the range of motion has been shortened now that's an indicator okay that is the body <clears throat> in this particular techniques philosophy that is the body uh, protecting itself, meaning that if it's trying to shorten the range, let's say the right side cannot turn as well as the left side, <clears throat> that means the right side is protecting something. It's yeah. not trying to go into that range because it cannot stabilize the region mm-hmm. or stabilize that particular specific range of motion. So that's where we pinpoint and say, okay, there's something here, uh, let's find out what it is. And what we do with our background is think of, the, we go back and rehearse, which muscles or remember which muscles actually provide that particular range of motion and test them all. We put them in the shortened position, ask somebody to hold that position. And if they cannot, then that tells us, okay, this needs to be treated. And we do it in two ways, either one, um rubbing this is the thing that feels a little bit like massage mm-hmm. um, but it's not massage right, right. <laughs> so uh, you rub where what's called an origin and insertion or basically where the muscle starts and finishes uh-huh. or you can do what's called an isometric contraction which is you keep it in the shortest position and you literally have the person flex but they do it lightly which i find is a big challenge for anybody that came from athletic background because yeah. everybody wants to win yeah, <laughs> and so yeah. that means overpowering. And so, no, it doesn't work that way. We actually need you to do this lightly mm-hmm. uh, to get this to work properly. Yeah. And that's essentially what that does. But for me as a trainer and strength coach, what that does is provide me where the individual is weak at. And because there's a philosophy, you're only as strong as your weakest link. Mm. So if I find where that person is weakened at, that means we're going to stay away from certain exercises. Not to say that they can't do that in the future, but we need to work on a few things to get that strength back up, yeah. and then progress to something that might be their ultimate goal or a bigger goal, uh, so on and so forth. But it, it's a safety measure, and what I like, it gives you the ability to create accurate or more accurate exercise programming for individuals.
0: Wow, you, you, <laughs> you mentioned the uh, you're only as strong as your weakest link, mm-hmm. and I use that phrase when I coach and I think that phrase is very true from even 40 years ago to present day you yeah. talk about being as strong as your weakest link so when you talk to let's say I'm your client cuz I actually have been your client right you have <laughs> and and I'm still actually your client because I'm going to come back for more treatment and my you said I remember you talking about my left side was really flexible. And my right side wasn't as flexible. And you brought that phrase up. And so mm-hmm. I felt like you weren't going to quit until my right side was going to That's be... ideal.
1: Yeah. Now there's a couple of things that change the, uh, that change the um, dynamic. Yeah. Uh, if, for, for instance, um, um, a joint replacement, mm. a knee has been replaced, a hip has been replaced. It's going to be apples and oranges because one one is what you were born with. One was artificial. Yeah. So the ranges are going to be different. So you... You you operate that scenario a little bit differently, but for most people who still have all their limbs intact and who have um um maybe not too many things that are that are bad. Yes, to answer your question, yes you you don't feel you don't feel good to a certain extent or satisfied (laughs) would be a more accurate term until those ranges are pretty much almost even because that means something is still uh, going on Mm -hmm. at least in my mind frame when I'm working on an individual. So let's get that uh, to me equal range means uh stability right so when we have st- when we have stability we have what's called mobility flexibility all that means is that uh, an individual can go about their business and, and do their movement without worrying that something's going to give out yeah and yeah. that's the big thing for me and that's why i'm always um curious when I see things and, and also just knowing certain things that can shut people down as well. You've heard me talk about this before in terms of being able to see people's uh, techniques yeah. and whatnot. It's not that um, I guess we as strength coaches and uh, trainers who've come from a certain school. Uh, it's not that we're trying to badmouth anything. We just right. want to be, it's almost thinking about the big picture. And I don't want to bring finance into the picture, but to a certain degree it can be, because at the end of the day, at least in the athletic world, wins equals job security.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And if the wins aren't there, regardless of how well you do with your students in the academic end and all these other things, still need the wins. (laughs) Because if you're not there, if you don't have the wins, you're probably not there very long. So it's a, it's a tightrope to walk as a coach. Yep. It's a tightrope to walk as a trainer. And you have to deal with a variety of things because uh, not picking on any parents, mm. <laughs> but you see sometimes a parent's <laughs> behavior or they're trying to live through their children. Um, mm. That's the first thing I was exposed to when I was just a starting trainer in California. Just, I could see it as plain as day. I mean, they were essentially telling me how to train their child. And I was just basically a conduit. You know, almost like I felt like a mouthpiece for their parents saying this. And I said, well, okay, I kind of went to school for this. Can I interject just a little bit Mm. and and do what I think is appropriate for the for the child? Yeah, Uh, because they they want them to win, 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 win so much. But if it's not intrinsic or if it's not what the child wants, then you're going to have rebellion. And and I saw that happen in a big way back in California. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not going to pick on anybody, but I just saw she they had her in. This particular athlete, she came to me for volleyball that's how i got my start with um, or essentially with um women's volleyball uh, that's a long story so <laughs> so i had women i was known for women's volleyball act there so i had a high school student come in and, and the parents brought brought her to me but she was also doing then this is big in california she was doing water polo swimming and then also club volleyball on top of her high school volleyball wow and was expected to be national honor society uh, that's a huge load for a 15, 16, 17, 18-year-old. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, she got a nice scholarship to USC, but I think flunked out within the first or second year just out of rebellion. You, I mean, you were basically given freedom. So you yeah. got away from mom and dad, and just go wild. I've, I've seen that happen too many times when it's too restrictive at home. Mm. And they're just like, oh, I finally have some freedom. And then they don't know what to do. And they usually get in trouble. Yeah. She had to transfer to a different university. Um, and she, she finished fine. But it was just that you know one moment of freedom where you're just you're so constricted, you're just going to go, not necessarily buck wild, but yeah. you just focus on other things because yeah. you've been focused for years just on the sport, the sport, the sport, mm-hmm. academics, 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 where it almost feels like a chokehold and you just want to go experience different sensations. And <clears throat> that's worst case scenario. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, yeah. didn't want to bring that up, but I just wanted to share that because sure. I'm sure there's other people that have seen this occur. And so... I try to look at the big picture, meaning that, okay, we want you to do well in sports, but I also want you to have your joints in yeah. a good shape when you're in your thirties, forties and the way things are with health, 50s, 60s, 70s, eighties beyond.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and that can be done. And it just takes a little bit more time with the individual. So that's where I came up with a philosophy and I'm also heavily influenced by uh, certain schools that I've gone to. Everybody as in structure mm-hmm. is different. And needs to be treated accordingly yeah and when you're in a sports or in a strength coach position you have multiple kids to deal with at the same time so it's a big of a juggling act so okay i, I know i need to deal with this person as an individual but we also need to work with them as a corporate structure if you will or mm-hmm. as a team yeah. um, because you don't want to lose the camaraderie because there's there's certain things in sports that you cannot replicate individually mm-hmm. so it's a nice balance and, and there's no real set playbook, so to speak, right. on how to make that happen. You just kind of work with your environment and you kind of figure it out as you go to a certain extent.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You talk about wins equals, in a financial sense, wins equals um, financial gains. Mm-hmm. And I agree. And I also want to point out that, I, and my thought is that, man, sometimes we expect to win too fast, too soon. And mm-hmm. it's all about that. Right. When in Reality is you're working on my body Mm -hmm. and feels great the first time. However, the second, third, fourth, the longevity of it is where we really start to win and consistently win. Right. And then you build that pipeline of clients, athletes, humans. Right. Into your world.
1: And that's exactly the way you need to approach it. You just can't. Mm -hmm. I call it unrealistic expectation. Yeah. And uh, to use something within this world, kind of in a micro perspective, let's use New Year's New Year's resolution time. It's usually every January. I'm going to do it this year. I'm going to lose you know X amount of pounds, and I'm going to feel better, do better, do this that. And th- that is fine. That is awesome. And when that person reads that that um, mindset, it's a fantastic thing. It's the execution most of the time mm. that I see in my experience, and I've been doing this a little over twenty years now. That I see. almost a um, living in the past scenario. Uh, Meaning that, okay, usually when people come in and work out and they don't want any help, it's usually a default in decision-making, meaning that I'm going to go back to the time where I was in my best shape ever. So that's usually either in high school sports or uh, college sports, or yeah. possibly just the college age. You know, mm-hmm. where they finally kind of got focused. They had time at the university or wherever they may may have been, and they really concentrated on working out. Don't have as many bills to pay, no kids, no family, you no know, things like that. It's much easier to do it back then, and so <laughs> and so. Um, what, what occurs then, you know, it's like, oh, and plus our metabolisms are faster, we recover mm-hmm. faster. This, everything's faster back then and we have more range of motion, so on and so forth. So it's just easier when you're younger. Yeah. So what essentially occurs is, you know, people are probably at their best shape at that time. And then, you know, as they go into the workforce, and, you know, family, houses, more bills, et cetera. Once that occurs, you know, it just slowly time just happens and we're just not as um, agile or maybe not as strong or um, we just gained weight over the time mm-hmm. period. Just focused on other things, not necessarily all about, you know, do I have six pack abs or is my backside as firm as possible? Yeah. <laughs> um, the priorities change as you get age, as you get older. So, uh, the, the, So what occurs at that point, they kind of regress. Uh-huh. Back to that time, and and so they think, I, okay, I'm going to go back and do what I did back then, because mm. that's when I was in my best shape. Not necessarily bad thinking, um, without knowing the scenarios and knowing the variables. But yeah. what has happened? Maybe let's say in that 10 or 15, 20 year time frame, uh, we've aged. Yeah, you know, our metabolism has slowed down. We can't necessarily eat whatever we want, and just work out as hard as we can and the weight comes off. It doesn't necessarily work that way anymore. Um, But what does usually occur is what I call going too fast too soon, meaning they either get too intense or they come into the gym way too many times in the day or week. Sometimes I do say day because there's been times where I've seen people come in three times a day. Wow. You know, they try to work out an hour at a pop trying to get it back, trying to get that weight off as as fast as humanly possible. And, And the body can't keep up with that kind of, um, with that kind of intensity, mm-hmm. uh, eventually it's going to speak. And, uh, I posted something on my Instagram a couple of weeks ago, basically saying to the effect of, um, if you don't listen to your body, your body's going to make you listen. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't rest, the body will eventually make you rest. Yeah. So it'll rest for you, and that usually comes in the form of injury. Yeah. And usually, when that occurs, even if it's just minor, uh, the mindset dissipates or it goes away. It gets frustrated. You get you're like, you know what? I tried this. I used to do this when I was, you know, a twenty something. Uh, it's not working anymore. I give up. Yeah. You know. And it had nothing to do with the mindset. The mindset was great. It was just the execution of the plan. And the plan was that it wasn't done. Um, In the time frame because we want to get we want the microwave. in America. Usually we have the microwave mentality. I Mm -hmm. want it like that. Yeah. And it doesn't happen that way sometimes for the body. It didn't take all that time. It didn't take a microwave minute to gain the weight. So it's not going to happen to lose the weight. So it's just a matter of coming back. Let's plan this. Uh, We may have to deal with some weak links. That, are, that weren't there when you're in your twenties or thirties or whatnot. Sure. And let's address those, let's strengthen those and then progress. So it, what you may want in maybe a month might take six or a year, mm-hmm. you know? So that's, that's what I had to deal with too when I had my own, when I had my own situation happen in my um, mid thirties. Yeah. So uh, I tried to do too much too soon. And, uh, and I took one of these uh, cleanser um, things over the counter. Mm. sent me to the ER, um, twice in two weeks. Wow. So yeah, it wasn't a good thing. So I ended up, uh, with a perforated, a small intestine, or I don't know if it was my small or large. They just, uh, had to go do an MRI and found out that they were perforated. So, I mean, I wasn't too far away from something known as sepsis is basically like your, your, um, small intestine or one of your intestines, whether it be small or large, essentially, uh, rips open and you're basically polluting or poisoning your own body at that point.
0: man. It, it, it sounds like you're very passionate yeah. about what you're doing as a, as a strength coach and, and a mat specialist. So I'm just going to be honest, is what led you to be a strength coach and mat specialist? Two, I two feel like things. there's a passion there.
1: It, there. There is. Well, when I was playing sports in high school, um, I was, I would say <laughs> a smart jock. So to speak, you know, did well. Uh, was in national, um, the national honor society, yeah. and I am a local. I, I went to Westmore High. Nice. Um, so I was the reason why we call them smart jocks, because it usually means you're big boned,
0: uh,
1: <laughs> big boy. Uh, I, I did play um, football, and back then I was an offensive lineman and was much heavier. Uh, lost the weight after my senior year, after my final year. Um, By the way, we're still part of the only team at Westmore that made it to the state finals. It's kind of (laughs) sad, but awesome at the same time. Uh, And that was in 91. Wow, (laughs) I'm aging myself here. So, but after I was there at the time, I said, you know what, I don't think I'm gonna play anymore. So I'm just gonna lose the weight. And it's much easier to do when you're 17, Mm -hmm. 18, and just got focused. And back then I think I dropped maybe about 30 pounds. Wow. And then um, maybe gained a little bit right before college, but then got really focused in college and uh dropped it again and uh, i think i got down i went from 210 to about 160 at the end of my freshman year in college my goodness so i got really low and so i slowly gained it back and kind of fluctuated throughout college and uh, but when i graduated that was when i was at my best i could do laundry on my stomach um i got really focused um i got back up to i want to say 188 and it was just a lean 188, probably about 8% body fat. So I looked Man. the part, you could say, um, leaving the University of Oklahoma, and that's when I went to Los Angeles and um, became passionate out there. And um, I stumbled into athletics by accident.
0: Uh-huh. So there
1: was a unique situation at the, um, at the University of Long Beach State or California State University of Long Beach. I think that's the official name. So there was a, actually a private gym within this structure that they play basketball in called the Walter Pyramid. And mm-hmm. It's literally a pyramid where they play at, it's really cool. <laughs> um, so at this time at the university, they had a private club that people could, anybody in, it wasn't just for students, anybody in the neighborhood could join. Yeah. So as I was there, I could see the uh, floor, that's where they played the basketball and volleyball games at. And long story short, uh, I approached the head coach at the time and said, hey, I came from a sports background. I'm looking to train athletes. Would you be open to it? And he was an innovative, or I want to say open-minded coach, because most aren't. (laughs) In my Mm. experience, it's kind of beginner's luck. This was different. It wasn't one of the major college programs, if you will, in terms of uh, um, budget. So it's not a blue blood, if you will. I think that's the proper term. Yeah. Um, So... uh, but what I did find out is that I inherited a national championship team in oh. and, and women's volleyball, which was the Long Beach State. Back then, they were the 49ers or Lady 49ers. And when I got started with them, they had just won the national championship. Wow. I'm like, okay, no no pressure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and just my background had been football, basketball, baseball, to a small extent over at OU. And now having come over to a sport I pretty much knew nothing about, mm-hmm. I had to focus quick. I bought every book I could, watched every video I could. This is late '90s, so you know there was no YouTube back then. So right. <laughs> there, there's, there, you're just picking up as many. Amazon was still around, so Amazon was still pretty new. But I ordered yeah. we almost every book on volleyball I could find. I I picked the coach's brain just kind of figure out what were the movements, what's the what's the uh, ideal of the sport, um, what are the goals, and then from there was able to actually construct programs for the for the ladies. Wow! So it was a it, I just stumbled on it. It, it was crazy because uh, I found out that this particular coach, Brian Gemolero, he's retired now. Uh, he allowed me to work with his players, but there was kind of talk amongst the women's programs. And then later on in the year, I picked up uh, golf, women's golf, and I picked up women's soccer. So wow. I had three athletic programs I was working with at the time, and uh, that that was fun. Wow. That was fun. So that was the beginning of my career in that regard. Uh-huh. And uh, But I was still um, trying to get my niche out there. And, uh, so I ended up picking up a job over at, uh, let me say this, right. It was the cultural recreational affairs program at UCLA. So I was working at two universities and, um, in the private sector at the same time in Los Angeles. So, um, at UCLA, it was more recreational kind of like the station. Yes. And so group fitness programs, I was able to teach a little bit over there. And, uh, here I am aging myself again. I used to teach right before a gentleman by the name of Billy Blanks. Uh, who had the Taibo yeah, 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 video yeah. series. And it was at its peak when, when <laughs> there, cause I was there because I kind of got the big head because I used to have people in my class. One day I had about 80-something people in my class. And I was like, yeah, look at that. Got humbled quick. I went outside because Taibo was taught right after me. Uh-huh. I went outside. There was a line right outside the Culture Center and went all the way out. There were about 200 people waiting to come in to take the Taibo class. And oh, went, Wow. Yeah, which was probably the best thing for me because mm. it was a very humbling moment. I was going, mm. Yeah, there's always <laughs> going to be something better. <laughs> so um, but that was good just to have that interaction with a variety of different um ages, yeah. um, genders, and and um Task Because at UCLA, it was more recreational. People just want to get healthy. At Long Beach State, it was a combination of, um, I would say, older clientele Mm -hmm. that was wanting to get stronger, be healthy, but also dealing with high-level collegiate athletes. Ah. So it was a nice mixture between the two. So uh, that's how I kind of got really... Focused on, on a couple of things. So, to kind of designate between what a strength coach, a trainer, and a later I'll describe Matt's specialist, is the strength coach deals primarily with athletes. Gotcha. It's, a, it's, it's more of a focal point there. So, the strength coach deals with athletics. Um, then you have basically the real world, if you will, or just regular people. Um, mm-hmm. May not have any athletic background they just want to be healthy they just want to move better um, you, you probably have a lot more conditions to deal with with an, with an individual um, as a trainer yeah. meaning that you know they come in they could have high blood pressure diabetes um, you know high cholesterol so you have to account for that as you're programming you don't have that as much when you're dealing with uh, with athletes mm-hmm. <laughs> they're usually younger um, you can anywhere from junior high to uh, college level, sometimes in the pro, I really haven't had a chance to work on a pro. Although my cousin has become a pro ball player in baseball, but wow. uh, I haven't had a chance to work on him since then. He still yeah. likes it back over at OU. So hopefully I, he'll remember I actually know something. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, but that is kind of how you distinguish the titles, if gotcha. you will, because okay. depending on who I work with, I change my title to a mm-hmm. certain extent. The one thing that is a constant between the two is the mat specialist. And I went into that because of injury. Gotcha. I just really was amazed by what I saw with that. I got um, exposed to it from a friend of mine up in the north side uh, who needed somebody to work on. So kind of like, like you, he just asked me, um, he just said, hey, can, you, can I work on you? I need people to practice this in order to uh, um, be better for my next uh, class. And I'm like, yeah. what are you talking about? He goes, it, you just have to come and experience it. I can't describe it over the phone. So I went there and he worked on me and I was blown away yeah. because I had uh, I got a real tight uh, um, shoulder most of the time on my left side, just due to injuries in the past. And he opened it wide open. I was like, oh my gosh, what in the world did you do? All you did was just poke on me. What, yeah. what, what, what is this? And he goes, he told me a little bit more about it. So in 2003, I entered that class myself and it took the entire year to finish. And back then, wow, it was all done in Denver, Colorado. And I had to find my way to Denver eight times within the academic or within the, um, the, the year of 2003, um, uh, which you did. I did, I, I did get a little bit of help, but you know, you had to find your way to, you know, pay for your flights or drive. Cause I did four and four, I flew out four times and I drove four times wow. <laughs> to Denver, very focused, wanted to really make this happen. And when I finished, um, uh, A little bit disappointing in terms of business. This is where the, I wish I knew business better uh, comes in. I come in after 2003, ready to hit the ground, 2004, take on the world in um, South Oklahoma City. Nobody knew what it was. Nobody knew how to categorize it. Nobody knew even how to put it in there. Uh, There's like, we, you know, when you deal with franchises and they don't recognize something, there's something called quality control, Mm. which is basically the way that they have their operations and including their services. And if it's something outside the box, they, they really aren't interested mm. because they don't even know how to price point it. They don't know how to uh, advertise it. Right. it. It's just foreign. And so it, it's better just not to deal with it. And so I ran into a lot of that. I would go to certain chiropractor offices or physical therapy. Chiropractors thought I was trying to do chiropractic. Physical therapist thought I was trying to do physical therapy. <laughs> and, and, and it's just really strange. Right. It was a really strange experience. So long story short, I, I'm, I just kind of fizzled out on it the first time.
0: The first time. The first time. Okay, yeah.
1: <laughs> so if you can fast forward 13 years, um, my friend has still been doing it. He was very successful on the north side. Uh, but um, I had somebody that did a blog, a friend of mine in Canada. She had done a blog and did a blog on Matt. Uh, she had received uh, um, a session in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And I went, wait, I used to do that. And so I I would write to her. I was like, who, who did where did you do this at? And I actually contacted the studio or the the gym that yeah. did it, and they introduced me to a guy by the name of Brad Thorpe, um, who was the owner of the gym. And his name is important here, and I'll tell you soon why <laughs> as to why. Uh, he told me about his experiences with it. And he had gone through the course and some of his trainers had gone through the course and they had to fly from Toronto to Denver and do the same thing I did, except, uh, yeah. So it was much more expensive for them than it was for for me. And they had had some success with it. And and I said, hmm. And so I started researching it again. I went back to their website and I started to see that they had been covered by some pretty big name media outlets, uh, ESPN, uh, for working on Peyton Manning or Carson Palmer. And I went, okay, this this is okay. Because the the gentleman that helped found this, or should I say founded this, um, he created it for the most part via some of his time with the Utah Jazz, and then got a better offer for work at the Denver Bronco organization in Denver. Mm. And then from what I understand, he had um, basically put this together in 99. And then started teaching it around 2001, 2002, and that was part of the 2003 class. Yeah. And so, but it had changed quite a bit since 2013 because it had continued to grow and and whatnot. But um, it, it turned into its own thing at that point. So you know, it sounds like a lot of things until you actually get on the table. But to kind of fast forward and come back to where I was going with um, the development, um, the main thing that I, I picked up from it is that this can really help individuals who had issues that weren't necessarily a, um, um, a tear, or like a ligament tear or a, or, um, a tendon tear. Mm. People couldn't really describe exactly what was going on. So the best way to describe this, if it's a muscular issue. And the way I describe the muscular issue is if you're really tight, Mm. If one limb has more range than the other right. or you're chronically have these kinks or aches in, in a certain section all the time, that could potentially be a, um, um, a weakened muscle. Gotcha. And again, like I was saying before, just that the nervous system doesn't necessarily have the same connection like it should mm. um, or like it had prior. So let's address that. Yeah. Once that comes back, your range of motion should restore, your strength chart should improve and now you're off to the races again. Yeah. And this comes in handy for anybody. It could be somebody who's just trying to stand or walk better or it could be for an individual who is trying to get better at their sport which is originally what this was designed for since uh, um, the gentleman by the name of greg roscoff was able to develop that he developed that for uh the uh, players that he was working on wow and, and so when he he started trying to work on a few uh like the uh, players wives and whatnot mm-hmm. and then found out okay this doesn't work as well in the general public so i wonder why you know and it's a very inquisitive individual and and went on to uh, um, research that. And that's how he started to develop muscle activation techniques and and how it could be done for everybody. If it's just somebody trying to move better Mm -hmm. or somebody trying to get better at the sport, there's a big spectrum there. And this could be something for everyone. So as to what this is for, this is for anybody who's been basically cleared from exercise from either their physical therapist or their doctor. And they said, okay, you're ready. You're ready to go on and um, do more activity, but something's quite not right yet. This is where this can come in. Yeah, you know, or if somebody who's very like a recreational athlete, you know, that might get banged up, and they might do you know long distance runs, or they might play rugby, or you know something that's very intense. Yeah, uh, um, this is where this can come in as well. Yeah, or from somebody who just might be too intense in the weight room, which is known to happen. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, it's true. You know, um, um, there's so many things I can go in in, in that world, so I, I won't just yet. But kind of where this um, happened where this was relevant in Toronto, the more I talked to Brad, um, the more I started to become interested in returning Mm -hmm. because I said, well, okay, sports illustrated covered it. Um, it's, it had been mentioned in O magazine, which is Oprah Winfrey's magazine. So I said, maybe there's something still here. So I kind of thought about it a little bit more and, um, making a long story short, I took the jump. Yeah. I took the jump in 2016 and decided, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and try this again because they told me I needed to go through the program all over again since it had been, you know, at that time to about 10 years, 10 10 to 13 years, something like that. So I said, okay. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So uh, I did. And this time it was a little bit different because we went to a satellite school and that's what helped me make the jump. Satellite school was in the Dallas area. So I could just drive to it rather than have to fly to Denver all the time. And at this time it was 10 weekends instead of eight. So I said, well, okay, I can, it was the, the game changer was just having to drive because it did make that much of a difference yeah. between flying and, and driving. And so it was short-lived to, from what I know, we were the last group that ever were able to have a satellite group. Mm-hmm. Um, some changes happened and it, it ended up being for the good. Yeah. So now it is an actual vocation now. So this is a, a math specialist is actually an actual, it's, it's a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, it's its own entity now. It, it just happened, I wanna say in December of last year. And now if anybody were to go, I'm not trying to plug the university, but I have no oh, yeah. choice. But it's a group and in, in, it's a school in Utah okay. by the name of Broadview University uh, that helped create a, both a associate's and, and a bachelor's degree in muscle activation techniques. Wow, I was pretty impressed by the. Uh, I looked at it just to kind of get an idea if I yeah. wanted to get another degree or not. Which uh, I've had enough school. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I'm at right now in my life. Yeah. So, um, but what I liked about when I when I saw their curriculum for the bachelors, there was a lot of business, a lot of business, and business as related to healthcare. Mm. A- and in the in the curriculum, I said, you know what, this is what I needed when I went to school. Yeah. I would have been in such a better place uh, just knowing the the finance end. In in addition to the actual skill set. Yeah. So, um, so when I took that jump, I finished in 2017 and, and it wasn't easy to, to get back into the swing of things. Meaning that, um, got done in 20, we started in late 2016, uh, got done by August of 2017, went to go take my final in December of that year and completely tanked it. I was awful. I, wow. I, I mean, it is though that I didn't even study. Part of it was a lot of high anxiety, but it was a different type of testing, yeah. which I actually like in retrospect. And it was tougher than anything I ever took in college, which is very frightening to say, but it just the way it, it was just different. There was no mm-hmm. standardized test. It was um, a combination of two things. I had 31 question, essay questions yeah. and they build off of each other. So you can't uh, necessarily skip one. You yeah. know, it's like, here's your scenario A, um, explain. And it could be that short. <laughs> You're just going, okay, yeah. it's going to take a, an hour just to, just to finish. And on top of that, uh, you get to the next question based on your answer in number one. Yep. Here's scenario number two, where you did, did it, it was like, oh my goodness. And wow. so it was very, very high pressure. And, uh, on my, and yeah, I mean, when I first saw the test, cause what they do is they'll take you into a room, they give you a legal pad and they give you a pen they give you a copy of the questions and they just let you go. I mean, wow. they uh, you have to turn in all your um, stuff, your uh, phone and all that, you know. So basically, it's you the pen, the paper, and and that's it for that's a it. while. I mean, you can go and take breaks, but uh, you know, it's because you it's basically there's no way to cheat. You either yeah. know it or you don't. That's true. So Sounds like it. You're just, you just, uh, okay. You know, you say, and they're not trying, they're not trying to get you to write novels. They just want to make sure that you know the concepts. Yeah. And so that part was, was heavy enough as itself. But then the second part too, is the practical, where you actually work on your instructor. Mm. So your instructor is going to give you scenarios, but, um, I didn't necessarily have a scenario. They basically, you know, say like, go through your protocols, tell me what you see. So you yeah. actually have to you have to state your thought process out. Wow. Which is very difficult because if you don't and unless what happened was when I um failed the first time, mm-hmm. I started talking about it with people when I was I was like, this is not for you, this is for me. I'm just trying to talk out what I'm thinking so I can do it in the test. And so to fast forward, it took till 2018 and I retested in uh, August. Oh, man. And uh, um, it was still tough. Like, I would say I barely passed. Yeah. <laughs> but I passed. But you did. I passed. I was so happy on that. One of the happier days in my life because it, 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 it wasn't easy. Right. I had to really work for it. And that's kind of almost my prized possession at this point, because I really had to study. I had to know it. It did not come easy. And and now that I have it, I, I want to keep it. I so it. There, there's uptake every every year, meaning that you have to do continuing ed, to keep sure. up your skills. A lot of things change. There's other levels to this. So I'm just a base level. Uh, in Oklahoma, that's not necessarily a big deal because there's only three of us. <laughs> So, and I'm the only one on the South side. So it's still a young profession and I I see it it continuing to grow. And so what it does for me, it actually, like I was stating before, it helps me identify, um, certain things on an individual. So it can allow me to program better for that individual and progress them. When I say progress, it means, okay, we're going to increase certain variables, that pertain to uh, exercise. And we're, we're going to do it in a way where you should feel as though you've worked out, but yeah. you don't feel like you can barely move. Because mm. uh, that's a telltale sign you've done too much. And that's basically a mild form of injury. And, yeah. and I'm not in the injury business. Yeah. Uh, I, um, sounding like one of my um, teachers, uh, exercise should be the medicine, not the cause for it. Mm. And so um, I deal with a lot of different mindsets on that, but that, that's another topic. <laughs> yeah. so,
0: well, speaking of medicine, <laughs> Earlier in the podcast, you were talking about a
1: cleanse, and it sounded like that almost put you away for a little bit. And it it almost did. I mean, I got to the point where they were almost considering in the ER about doing emergency surgery. I was going to have to do what's called a resectioning, which basically they snip off the bad part of your colon, Uh and they reattach. The good parts together and then you have to wear a colostomy bag for a while and it was some serious stuff oh man and that was extremely scary and and they basically told me <sighs> you're, you're gonna have to make some changes here or else you're not going to be around for much longer mm. uh, and uh, that kind of scared me straight to a large degree, and as to what I was doing at the time, I was trying to be an entrepreneur even back then, but not having very much success with it. Uh, so I was stressed out all the time. So just the mental stress, and that that was um, um, I would say variable number one. The second one was I used to drink those uh, the energy drinks like crazy all the time. Mm. You know, it wasn't it wasn't, and I'm not um, I'm not exaggerating. It, at that time, it was easy to drink about three 16 ounce. Um, um, you know, large, I don't want to yeah. say the name, No, so most people know what I'm talking about, you know, so, uh, those big 16 ounce, um, um, drinks that you can yeah. get at any convenience store. Wow. You know? And three? Think of that. three, I could do three in a day Dude. with that, but I would never sleep too. So, okay, now I'm stressed out and I'm wigged Gittering, out, you know, yeah. Yeah, all the time. And, um, and then eating like trash. On top of that you know um basically you just ate whatever was there at the time you know like pastries just because you go into a convenience store that's what's there in front of you okay <laughs> yeah that looks good let's take that 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 and just because it was convenient and it was fast didn't have to cook so you know just fill up and then go on but the thing is is that they didn't fill you up very well yeah and then you're hungry again and you grab the same junk literally yeah. and and, and yeah. it creates a thing so i had gained i'd gone from the 188 you know looking like uh, uh a trainer, if you will, Mm. to a little over 300 in that time frame. So I was a little over 300 pounds at that time. Yeah. So, uh, all that was kind of the perfect storm because at that time I said, you know, I I realized mentally that I needed to make a change, but I was exactly like the people or the behavior that I described earlier too fast, too soon (sighs) or too much too soon. Yeah. Um, so I took this over the counter cleanse to kind of help kickstart me and I just had a bad reaction to the ingredients. That were in it you know and i kept i took it once and it really hurt my stomach once and 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 i made the mistake of taking it a second day and then it really tore me up and i was like something's not right and that's how i ended up in the er um, and that's when I was told I had perforations after they did the imaging. And I just needed to, when, when you have, I had something called diverticulosis, which mm. is basically a deformation of the uh, digestive tract. Mainly okay. for me, it was in the small and large intestine. So it ends up kind of like looking like a beat up. If you had this one long cylindrical um, um, space, okay. then just imagine having all these little divots within that tunnel, if you will. And And that's what happens over time by a lot of processed food, um, it, it, just, it, it just creates, uh, uh, bumps for lack of a better term and in the digestive tract and, mm. and what diverticulitis is, is when food gets trapped in those divots and it, it ferments and then it creates a, uh, um, it creates a, an effect that's not, that's not beneficial how how should I say it? Um, in inflammation, it creates an inflammation effect. So yeah, it, it doesn't feel good at all. That's usually known as a flare and basically because it feels like inflammation or it's a lot of heat, just, <laughs> it, it's intense. Anything in the gut is very intense. And 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 what happened with me by adding to it with that cleanser, right. it irritated the lining of my intestines. And so it was literally, um, perforation is basically tear. It's a micro tear. Yep. So we weren't too far away from having you know something and you've got basically an hour. If that tear is open, you've got an hour to make it to the surgery. Because it's toxic. Table. Yes. Because you're literally poisoning yourself right. at that point. So yeah. yeah, that's when I knew I needed to change. Mm. I needed to change some things. So um, at that point, it took about I want to say two years, and I refocused and I got from a little over 300 to uh, 185. Wow! And at that point, um, I wish I was still at 185 right now. I'm trying to get back there. Yeah. But yeah. you know, life happens, and so I took another just to give you a quick, quick. Uh, Update, you know, maybe three years ago, I decided to take the jump into entrepreneurship again, and it's got its ups and downs. So I ended up because I want people to know this because yeah. I don't want to say it's like, oh, I got one eighty five and life was great from that point forward. No, I had some ups and downs in business when I started to try to go forward again and uh, slowly, you know, I would say probably average about 10 pounds of gain um, a year. And so ended up gaining about 30 pounds. And so looking to take that back off, but it's an up and down thing. So I don't want people to think that once you have it off, it's going to stay that way. You still have to stay focused on your habits, even more so when you're older, Um, the more it's a habit, the more you're going to stick with it and the better you're going to be. Yeah. So, uh, um, so I have to preach to myself, so to speak (laughs) Yeah. on that stuff, practice what you preach. If you will, but, um, certain things you have to balance yep. as you get older. So uh, I'm, I'm getting back there, but I know for me, that'll be an, a, even a better selling point to yeah. be honest, as I, as I, um, go through this particular part of my journey, but I just want people to know that, uh, I kept most of it off. You yeah. know, I, I lost over a hundred pounds and so I kept the majority of it That's off. That's awesome, man. You know, I'm nowhere near 250 <laughs> cause, uh, I was happy at 250 at one time, yeah. you know, cause I had lost about 60 pounds at that point. So it's amazing. Yeah. And so, and it does have a great effect Yeah, in terms of um, um, your body. You don't feel, you feel completely different um, oh, yeah. when that occurs. So Or your mindset changes. Oh yeah, it absolutely does. And, and for me, just being a trainer at one time, it was a heavy psychological um, um, weight because, yeah. you know, it was like, I could do laundry in my stomach at one point. And now I'm this. What happened? You know, it's, you kind of snap out of it, and 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 then once you you know get back to uh, a healthy place, um, because being ripped doesn't necessarily be being healthy either. True, so, that's um, a great point. That's um, but I never used any, any kind of I want to say um, steroids or anything of that nature yeah. to get where I was. You know, just good old fashioned hard work. The one thing I say that I do regret that I ever did was all the energy drinks. If I mm. go back and change one thing. That would be it i wish i never would have picked up uh, any of those pills or um, drinks just wish i would have stayed away from it completely wow that's the one thing i do regret because that was basically uh, both times that i've had incidents um that was the catalyst if you will so i I, you know if i ever am privileged enough to have kids i will never let them drink it around me or take a pill or something like that no no that's off the table so to speak i I'm that Adam cuz I know what happened to me and I don't yeah. want to see it happen to them. What about coffee? Coffee is is fun well I wouldn't necessarily say that for kids but I mean well, for coffee yeah, yeah yeah I mean And yeah. a replacement. There is a group out there that I like to tell clients about called the International Sports International Society of Sports um I said it wrong. It's ISSA for short. I will get this right this time. The International Society um for Sports Nutrition, ISSN. Oh, okay. Sorry, I said ISSA, ISSN. Gotcha. International Society for Sports Nutrition. And they are comprised of um, either nutritionists and or registered dietitians and nutritional researchers. That's all they do all day long is they research everything mm-hmm. as it relates to nutrition. And so I will listen to them and i look at the studies and see what happens. From them, I know there's five things that they recommend in terms of supplements. And I would say three, if you have high blood pressure, you need to stay away from. Um, creatine, proven to be yeah. basically the most effective, but um, there was really no issues with it. Um, protein or protein powder, if you don't have access to protein, because I remember somebody saying, well, what if branch chain amino acids are gonna be good? Well, if you have, if you have access to quality protein, you don't need that. I mean, that's what they say. Yeah. Um, and then the other ones that kind of pertain to caffeine, you know, as long as it's not overdone. Um, some people, again, depending on their blood pressure, but the norm is anywhere from one to three cups, with, within the day, day, eight ounces. So, <clears throat> um, uh, one is called beta alanine, but that that's another one. You know, if you have high blood pressure, you probably want to stay away from gotcha. from that. And another one's called HMB, which you can usually find in butter. I mean, so if you do butter, then you're probably going to have HMB. So it's 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 fairly easy to find.
0: Man, I I do grass fed butter. <laughs> With my coffee. there you go. It's really good. so
1: and those are the five things that they said. Okay. Otherwise you know um, branch chain amino acids or essential amino acids. they have their place for people who are fasting or whatnot. Yeah. you know or, like or intermittent fasting or people who just fast for days, you know like this comes in handy for Ramadan for people who do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know you could still keep the um, you can still try to retain your, your muscle uh, by uh, sipping on them. you know, throughout the day or something like that. So that's why I know people who do that. Um, I know a person who does intermittent fasting in Toronto. Got a lot of friends in Canada, if you haven't figured that out. So uh, they, I have one in particular, she doesn't like to eat until nighttime. So she'll just go all day doing her business. And I think around anywhere from like seven to 11, that's when she eats. Man. It's crazy. (laughs) I stop at
0: eight o'clock at night and then I eat around one o'clock in the afternoon to eight and that's my window from one to eight to my eating period okay, okay. intermittent fasting
1: everybody's a little bit different yeah. a, 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 and, and that's what i do like about the issn because yeah. they researched all of that that's cool and this is what they say this is what we've concluded by our studies mm. and they do something um called a meta-analysis yeah. which basically is looking at a variety of studies within the same topic wow. and this is what they found you know by compiling all the results from all these different uh, re, uh studies on the same topic, and this is what we've been able to conclude. Mm. And nothing's ever definitive, so to speak. And basically, the research as we know it now states this. So this is our statement at this time. It could change as more research comes in and more data comes in, and perhaps um, it can change our mind. So it's always fluid to a large degree. But there's some things that have been very steady throughout that. So I recommend anybody, if they really want to know about the variety of different um, subject matters, that you see on social media quite a bit, Mm -hmm. um, go to them. Go check them out because there's really no agenda with them. They just, this is what the research states and this is what we're putting out and it's, you know, you can take the information as you will and take action as you will with it. So I I really um, like those guys because they're pretty much independent. Yeah. And so that comes in handy when you're dealing with people that are asking a lot of questions on the nutrition end. Yeah. Because I can only do, in, in my scope of practice, I can only do Only so much, you know, I'm not a registered dietitian, but everybody comes to you as a trainer uh, to, to ask you about things and like, what about this, this, and this, and I'm like, okay, this is what the guidelines are. And we can even figure out your macros or, you know, the calories and where they're coming from in terms of sources, protein, fats, and uh, carbohydrates. Uh, This is what we can do here. And this is what you can, so you can help uh, keep a person accountable and keep within that. But if it gets too deep, like if it's a person who's diabetic, or has a thyroid issue or something like that, you have to delegate that over to the registered dietitian. Right. That, that's their realm. That's fair. Um, for for a trainer, all you're basically doing is you, you you know how to keep them accountable. You look at the numbers, and you make sure that they're hitting the numbers or making sure that they're documenting. And, and that documenting is not for everyone. Yeah. When it comes to that, you get some people who get so obsessive-compulsive that now that becomes a stressor. And we're trying to get away from negative stressors. So that's when you do other techniques, possibly just going into uh, portion size, mm. something like that. Let's focus on portion size. Let's not talk about calories because calories make you stress out and that creates bad things. And so we're just not even gonna talk about calories gotcha. anymore. So let's focus on um, the, the, the sample size, I'm sorry, the sample size, but the um, portion size. And, and some people are good with that and they'll just focus on that. And it, it ends up going into something called intuitive eating eventually. Yeah. Meaning that they, uh, they just haven't a feel for how their body's gonna react. And and what how much that they take in is going to actually uh, provide weight gain or and weight gain in a bad way in, mm-hmm. in their perspective or um, um, losing weight. So yeah. they kind of have a it, but it takes time to get to that point. And so it's it's good to have a diary at first. You know, kind of like you figure out. It's almost like a tracking your spending yeah spending and saving that's true. It's, it's basically the same principle it's debits and credits to a certain degree um it's the exact opposite of what you have in finance though because you want to have um depending on the goal that is uh you want to have um for people who want to have weight loss they need to they want more going out than what's coming in mm-hmm. in terms of calories so if they consistently do that that's where the weight gain i mean sorry that's where the weight loss will occur yeah uh, so it, it sounds good on paper and as you digitize it, so to speak, and you're going, Oh, okay. And all I need to do is this, this, it's the actual practical application that becomes the bigger goal. Yeah. And when it comes down to that, you just got to find what works for you. And that's where a trainer can help because if somebody comes up and says, I want to try this, I want to try this, I want to try this. Well, you need to have background information first. Do you have any conditions? Mm. You know, so keto is probably not the best thing for a diabetic because mm-hmm. if they have, blood, yeah. <laughs> they have low blood sugar, they sugar. It's going to be. It's not going to be good. So they have to have some form of glucose somewhere mm-hmm. um, in, in their diet. Um, and then, then it comes to behavioral um, um, issues, meaning that uh, what's going to, is, is, is there a certain way of eating that's going to trigger them to eat more? Um, so that whatever it may be, whatever plan that might not be it, but it comes down to two things. Um, less coming in, And what is going to be able to fit their lifestyle slash behavioral pattern. Gotcha. So if if once they find those two things, then that takes care of the nutrition department. And like I said, that's an easy question to answer. It's not an easy question to implement. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. not an easy answer to implement. Yeah. And everybody's going to be a little bit different, and we all have our ups and downs, just like entrepreneurship, or even um, trying to get stronger or whatever it may be, um, athletic wise. Yeah. It's it's just it's an art form to a certain extent. Right. So it's just staying diligent, uh, understanding. That's why you should always write down your goals as far as I'm concerned. So you have an idea of what you're doing it from the first place. Cause you can get lost in the shuffle mm-hmm. otherwise. So if you have that written down, you're like, okay, this is what I'm doing it for uh, my health or I want to start on whatever team that yeah. I'm on. Um, whatever that goal may be, just have it written down. And so, you know, why you're going through all these crazy challenges Yeah, or it seems like crazy at the time. And yeah. then, then you're like, Oh, okay. That's what it was for.
0: Right. That makes sense. I, I'm really interested in this uh, answer that I'm about to ask you. Okay. (laughs) Because I'm I'm listening to your story. And, of course, I met you in person. I've had experience on your muscle activation technique on on my body. Mm -hmm. 2003, you got certified. You're driving, flying to Denver a few times. Then, fast forward, 13 years later, you were driving to Dallas because you had to get recertified. Mm -hmm. And then... You were 188, you went to 300, you almost died, came back. So I feel like you have a very strong mindset. In three words, describe Gary's mindset.
1: Uh, driven. Oh, that would be the first one. Oh, the other two. Mm, faithful. This could be a variety of things. Um, and um, Hopeful. Hopeful, always try to think about the best, Mm -hmm. you know, you try to take uh, any kind of challenge that have come in your way and try to look at the positive and and just believe that something good is going to happen from the situation, whatever the situation may be. Yeah. Uh, I think you have to go that route. Otherwise you can go in a dark place real fast. Yeah. And uh, I've done that a couple of times in my lifetime and I don't want to necessarily revisit that. So mindset I think is, is, is very important Mm -hmm. And, and, um, and whatever your goal is whether that Love be, it. you know, athletic or otherwise.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What are a couple of questions that you wish people would ask you but no one ever asked Gary?
1: <laughs> oh, oh, this this pertains to the gym, <laughs> the fitness floor. Okay. Um how can I do this properly? <laughs> That would be the number one question if Mm. they knew what I did, if they knew my background. And right now I do understand that I don't necessarily look the part. I'm not like, you know, I'm not the Sylvester Stallone type or whoever the person with six pack abs is right now, Jason Statham, let's say, uh, if you don't look like him, you don't know what you're doing. So So anyway, I wish more people would ask, you know, that question. Um, because I love to teach in that regard because there are three things out there or three subject matters that make up training. And I'm just going to generalize it with, um, anatomy, basically, you, you know, your bones, muscles and whatnot, uh, physiology, the different systems. So circulatory endocrine, all that fun stuff. Uh, and the one that's abstract Uh, physics. Mm. Physics is the missing link as far as I'm concerned, because it wasn't taught a lot in my formal training through the university, but it is that it's equally as important as the other two. So I'm not saying one's more important than the other. They're all equally as important. Mm -hmm. And what I see, uh, at the, at the gym quite a bit or anywhere that I go, even on social media is not necessarily the, the greatest choices in, in doing, um, exercise technique. And possibly because they don't know. Yeah. And a lot of these people come from athletic backgrounds. So, you know, and some of that could have been just pure talent when they were younger and, you know, you just overpower. Mm. And then as you get older, you can't overpower because time has taken its toll on the joints. Yeah. And so now we need to learn how to do it in accordance to where we are now with our health. Mm. And, and that's the biggest thing for me. I wish people would ask me that so I could sit down and say, okay, let's, what, what's the goal? You know, what's, what's the goal of this exercise? Sounding like a, a, the, um, the course I keep mentioning, uh, but I'll tell the name. It's called the Resistance Training Specialist Program in Oklahoma City. It's, it's world-renowned. And, and not very many people know about it mm. <laughs> around here, but it is that good. It completely changed my life in that regard. And I've only had a few lessons from that place. I haven't even gone through the whole school yet or yeah. the whole schooling, if yeah. you will. But it was enough to change my entire perspective on training just because it, it, it implements the physics aspect. Mm. Um, so you can look at equipment differently. You look at people differently because not everybody's shaped the same. Yeah. Um, and I'm talking about their skeletal. Uh, structure. Yeah. I mean, some people have bigger rib cages, and that's going to affect how they do a, a chest press. And uh, they might have longer or shorter um, arms. Yeah. And that's going to affect how you do things. Same thing with the legs, so on and so forth. So you can have somebody the same height and they have different bone lengths. So they're going to have two different ways of doing the same exercise. Mm-hmm. So, that being said, that's where I wish people would say, you know, here's my goal, this is what I want to do. And, and that's where you go and you actually get that background information. You say, okay, do you, are there any conditions I need to know of, any injury history? And, and then once you have that information, then you can assess them in terms of um, um, the way their body is, is, is uh, constructed and what yeah. their range of motion is. Once you have all that data, if you will, um, you can then turn around and say, okay, according to what we have now, because that's the biggest thing for me. I don't like it when people live in the past. You know, well, I used to be able to do this it well, that's great. You're also 20 years younger. You could do a lot of things differently here. You are now let's deal with the, now the capability that you have now, uh, when you have that, then we can, you know, based on what your ability, your ability is now, now this is what is, uh, appropriate. So I don't like to say certain exercises are good or bad because it's, it's, uh, it's fluid on the individual, meaning that, um. What was once good may not be good right now, Mm -hmm. or um, just because you saw your favorite Instagram influencer, uh, I want to mimic exactly what he or she is doing, and that might not be appropriate for where you are now. Right. So it's a matter of just knowing those variables, and then once you have those variables, teaching the individual what is going to be appropriate for them at this time Mm -hmm. to get that goal that they want. So the goal is not the issue. It's the how to, or yeah. the execution once again, how do you get there? Cause again, I see most people doing it incorrectly. Mm-hmm. for a long term, and, and I've just noticed, I've known better through experience to just, you just can't go up there and say, you know what, you'd be better off doing this, this, and this. They're going right. to get you like you're crazy yeah, or, or want to tell you off or, yeah. or, or something like that. So it's almost like an invitation that you need in order to get that. So yes, to answer the question, mm-hmm. I wish people would approach me and say, am, am I doing this correctly? And then it allows me a chance to uh, give my assessment and uh, what I would think would be the the, the, the proper course of action.
0: Yeah, yeah. I got a, something fun. Okay. This oh, is going to be the first time ever on this oh, podcast. No. Okay. Okay. So in that jar to your left. Okay. I need you to pull out, let's say three of the uh, pieces of paper.
1: Oh boy. <laughs> oh no. Okay. It's going completely random here. Yeah. Just pick out. Let's pull out one first just and then okay. and you can read it. Okay. Here we go. What did you study? Okay. Okay. Um, For my associates, I studied, um, um, I'm trying to think of the proper, uh, therapeutic massage and body work over at uh, Heritage College, OKC. And then when I was at OU, I graduated with a uh, bachelor's in health and sports sciences. Oh, right on. So that's what it was called. I think they've changed it since then, the name, but it's still still. This much all makes sense. This whole conversation makes okay. sense. Okay. <laughs> so yes, I've been in this world for a very long time since I was 18 years old. Okay. So, yeah. All <laughs> I've right. Pretty much breathed it since then. That's awesome. Let's pull another one <laughs> out. Another one out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh man. This is awesome because <laughs> I don't know what questions there are. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, it's long. Okay. <laughs> if you could have picked your own name, what would it be? I, oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't see myself. Um, it, I, I wouldn't change it because I, I don't know boring. what to change it. Yeah. I would just name? Keep it, Augustine, Augustine. Okay. So yeah, I did go by that in LA when I lived in Los Angeles. That's what I went by. You know, it's like, you want a new start, things like that. So I like it. then when I came back to Oklahoma, um, I just went by both because I had people call me both. And I was like, you know what? Call me whatever you want. Just don't cuss, just don't cuss me out. (laughs) Call me what you want. Just don't call me maybe. Yeah, there (laughs) there you go. (laughs) Oh
0: my. Uh, So one more? Yeah. All right. Let's see. Oh my God.
1: This is fun. This is fun. (laughs) Let's see. All right. Here we go. What talent do you wish you had? That's easy. That's easy. I wish I could play guitar. Ooh. I really wish I could have. I'm very influenced by bands and, uh, um um just somewhat jealous to a certain degree yeah yeah (laughs) it's like oh my gosh why how why didn't I think of that when I was younger (laughs) to try to learn how to play those things so yeah I I I love to play guitar if I could (laughs) man
0: well that leads to my a question I was thinking about when was the last time you challenged yourself with doing something you've never done before what was the outcome
1: um the OKC Memorial Marathon. Ooh. i never done a marathon before, and that was in 2015. Wow. And I decided, you know what? That, that was a bucket list thing, basically. I said, you know what? I've never done a marathon. I've done a couple of uh, half, yeah. half marathons, but let, let's see what the, the, the big boy was like. And uh, I, uh, I trained for about four and a half months for it. And uh, wish I had more time. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I did. I did finish. Good. I did finish. Um, I was able to run. I want to say twenty miles. Um, on, you know, cause I had never gone, it was very challenging psychologically because once I got past 13.1, I'd never gone that far before. So all bets were off at that point. I'm like, okay, this is all uncharted territory. Am I even going to make it? Mm. (laughs) And I made it to the 20th mile as far as continuously running. And then I pretty much, it was a combination of uh, jog walk uh, to get to the finish line. And yeah. uh, I could hear the crowd in um, downtown. Uh, and when that started, you, you find that you have a little bit more energy. Oh, and sure. uh, so I did finish strong. Awesome. Um, uh, I, miss, I missed, I uh, missed, I misgaged my, um, my uh, kick, if you will. That's where you basically try to sprint at the end. And uh, cause the way that the, the, um, it's over at a, what's it called? Um, uh, automobile alley, yeah. I want to say. So they have wide gates at first and then it goes inward and forward. And that's where I thought it finished. And so I I put in a kick right when I saw it narrow down only to find out that it widened up again. And it was about (laughs) another hundred yards to the finish line. I went, oh my God, I got nothing. I got nothing. I can't (laughs) believe. So I jogged the rest of the way to get through the finish. I was like, oh my gosh, this is cool. Um, But I did finish, and that was extremely gratifying. It was something I never thought I could do. Yeah. Um, And I did do it. And um, um, my dad was there, which was a very big deal to me because he had never – been able to come to an athletic event of mine since i was in high school mm. and so for him to come out there and 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 to be there the, um, to wait and be on the finish line and have most of my family there yeah that was a really big deal because i hadn't had that in a very long time and uh, it was just a great day that's and, awesome in and, and that alone so just having a, it was just a culmination of a lot of goals and uh um uh, and just i i remember that probably more than anything out of the entire race was that my dad was there.
0: That's so cool, man. <laughs> wow. Wow. If you're sitting in my interview chair interviewing yourself, <laughs> you're the host. Okay. What would be a question you would ask yourself? Hmm.
1: What would you what would you advise? kids that might want to do what you do, what path would you say they would take? What's your answer? My answer would be probably not what people think (laughs) to an extent. um, At the end of the day, the way things are in Oklahoma is um, I literally could have gone at 18 and went straight to a gym and started working as a trainer because uh, certifications weren't that big of a deal in the state at the time Mm. Uh, to a degree, kind of still isn't. Um, I think that only comes into play if somebody's getting sued, mm. <laughs> then you can get them for, you know, you can take them to the cleaners at that point, but otherwise just not a lot of consumers know what to ask for. And if you look the part, um, they're not going to ask questions. They're going to assume, you know, what you're doing because you look the part and that's what they want to look like. And that's going to go there. But to answer from an academic end, my route, if I would have done, if I had to go, if I could go back and do it differently, I would have went straight to the community college and gotten a PTA degree or a physical therapy assistant degree, mm-hmm. um, just from a finance perspective, what that allows is uh, you're now in the medical system once you graduate. So now you're plugged in. It gives you latitude anywhere in the United States. Mm-hmm. You can move anywhere, uh, and you'll be in demand just because physical therapy is everywhere. Uh, and that'll take care of your um, your balance sheet, or that'll take care of your finance. And while you might want to pursue other things, meaning that you can still go and get your bachelor's degree, but instead of borrowing money, then you can just pay your way through because you already have a job. And that's what I would really recommend um, for individuals that are wanting to go in this industry, because you do have to do other things, but at least you're grounded and and you're starting off without debt. Yeah. You know, and you can pay your way through college for the most part. I got you. Or even if you have to take a degree, I mean, even if you have to take a, a loan out, you can pay it back pretty fast. Yeah. Uh, that's what I would recommend for anybody who wants to go there and then you get your certifications and whatnot, and mm-hmm. you're not as stressed out, um, mentally or financially just, you know, trying to get the credentials in order to get a job. Yeah. So that, that would, I would advise that to anyone, yeah. you know, who might be, you know, the one person graduating from college and this is what, cause I seriously, I went to OU and I told them I want a degree in bodybuilding cause I didn't know what to ask. I, I didn't know there, because they said, well, there's really not a bodybuilding. They were very gracious and very, because uh, they knew I was serious, and, and hopefully they didn't think I was dumb. Yeah. <laughs> but I went up there, I was like, I want a degree in bodybuilding, how do you do it? And they said there's really not a degree in bodybuilding. So they kind of explained the degree. And that's what eventually became my health and, uh, my health and sports sciences degree. Yeah. You know, says so that this is probably the route you want to go. So I had really good people that I was introduced to at OU yeah. when, when, when that happened. <laughs> I feel silly now asking that. But it was legitimately a question I didn't know. I mean, mm-hmm. I had no idea what to call it. Wow. I did not It's it's called several things. It's called kinesiology or exercise science, or it's all the same thing yeah. in that regard. Um, but it's just named different things at different universities at OU, and now it's called health and exercise science.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So uh, that, if hopefully, if that helped um, answer your question, that, yeah. that, that's what I would do and, and ask myself. That's awesome. if, you know, Because, again... Going back to the business end, if I would have known a little bit more about the business end, it's probably the route I would have gone. Yeah. Um, and I learned that over at, uh, um, at Los Angeles as well. Um, a lot of the graduates from UCLA and USC uh, go to a college called Santa Monica College. It would be the equivalent of our OCCC over here or Oklahoma City Community College. Yeah, They usually get all their um, um, foundational uh, um, curriculum done there at a much cheaper rate <laughs> mm. and then transfer to the bigger schools and then they have their bachelor's degree and whatnot. Because at the end of the day, if you have a bachelor's, um, they're not going to ask if you, you know, where you came. they just see the degree and they're not going to ask questions yeah. for the most part, right. for the most part. So um, yeah, that's what I would definitely recommend. And um, if I could tell other people who wanted to go into this field, make sure you know your physics. Yeah. I think that's, that's what's going to separate you from what's out there right now. Because if you understand that end, you're going to be way ahead of the game.
0: Yeah. And be able to explain that too. Right.
1: What, what, right. And, yeah. and not necessarily physics in terms of, I want to become a mechanical engineer or anything, right. but as it pertains to exercise. Yeah, for sure. Because I'm, I'm of the belief now with what I know now, I'm, I'm sure mechanical engineers can become a trainer like that. <laughs> they just have to change some things, but they, they could pick up on the concepts mm-hmm. on other, and it would just, and not to say that it'd be easy for them because then you got to deal with personalities and, and learn about a couple of other things. But It's an art form like anything else. Yeah. (laughs) So, but it it makes that big of a game changer for me. It's like only having two thirds of the puzzle um, Mm. without knowing the other one, or at least knowing the other one well. And again, if it's not anybody, I'm not to say that, you know, I'm better than anyone. These are just some of the experiences that I've had that helped me become better as I've gone through my journey.
0: It's valuable because if you don't have those experiences, if you don't become better, we're not growing. Right. For sure. Right. Sweatisfree.com, talk to me.
1: <laughs> okay, that, speaking about my trip to the uh, emergency room, that's where the name came from. Because when the bills start coming in, thank goodness I had good insurance. And, and I saw that, I kid you not, the MRI that I spoke of, if I didn't have insurance, it's, it was $30,000. <laughs> I looked at it, I was like, cause it was the emergency room MRI. That's it, That's oh, why would went right, Or, or yeah. CT scan. I can't remember which one it was. Either one, it would have been expensive. So I looked down, I was like, oh, oh. And, and, and again, the insurance, I had really good insurance. So <laughs> it covered a huge amount of it, let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, um, I said, my goodness, I said, I looked at that number and I was just blown away. And I said, I could have got a lifetime membership at any gym <laughs> with as much as this cost. I mean, my goodness, compared to sweat is free compared to this. <laughs> and then it's when ding, that's when it, the light bulb came on and I'm like, sweat is free. There you go right there. And that's what I use as my, I use my ER journey, if you will, to, and that's how it explains mm-hmm. the name of the wellness service that I do now, um, is that compared to the medical bills. And I used to have a slogan that said, sweat is free, medical bills aren't get moving. Mm. So i, I after some playing with that it kind of came off a little demonstrative so i changed it up a little bit but that's what that's what i originally used that motto for or usually use sweat is free in in my uh, mantra if you will in in that and it's like uh okay people were kind of turned off by it some people and i was like okay well you're not going to please everyone but at the same time it was a larger amount of people than i thought it was so i decided to soften the soften the um the, the uh, yeah, the uh, the message a little bit. So, yeah. but the whole principle was still the same. You know, yeah. it's like you know, it's it, prevention is going to be cheaper than reaction. Mm. So, if you can take care of your health, and obviously there's going to be you know certain medical issues that we can't control, such yeah. as accidents or things like that. So, uh, but the things that we can control, let's really work on those, so we can right. try to prevent those as much as possible. And although it may cost you a little bit in the beginning compared to an injury or a condition. What is that going to cost you in terms of um, lack of time at work? You know, mm. how much work are you going to miss? How is that going to affect you mentally? Uh, how is that going to affect your family? You know, with you, is, is that going to put you into depression? Because let's say if you have an injury that's debilitating, and it's going to take a while to recover, how is that going to affect everybody else around you, including yourself? That's true. So uh, when you start putting the dollars and cents together on that. It becomes a really big number, yeah. And then you're going, wow, this is not as a, this is not as expensive as I thought, you yeah. know, in terms of a provincial going into a, a provincial stage. And, and it's not me trying to pitch, but I truly believe that yeah. um, that the the more you can prevent, the the better it's going to be in the future.
0: Mm. I like it. So that's where, yes, you can. Yeah, that's,
1: that's where <laughs> what is free came from. Um, yeah, just by going down that road and seeing how expensive it was and, and, and not wanting to go through that again. Yeah. Wow.
0: <laughs> if you were to dial the clock back, let's say five years ago, okay. and you had a certain belief, whether it's just anything. Okay. Come back to today. Was that belief just as strong, not as strong, or is it stronger today?
1: Let me see. That would make me... Um, I would say it's just as strong because that was the five years ago was when I did the marathon. Gotcha. And so just the focus, the focus it mm. took to, to finish that and the, uh, the feeling of accomplishment yeah. that, that it was at the end, I would say it, it, it made you think that you could take on the world to a certain extent with yeah. other goals, just because it seemed so impossible at the time. And then to actually create that into a reality made you say, okay, you can do this, yeah. whatever. The, the goal may be if you will focus yourself and be diligent in your work, applying to that goal, you can make this happen. Mm. And that's that has stayed with me. I might have kind of wavered a few years, yeah, <laughs> because you know uh, the waves get a little big in certain situations. But um, but when you refocus and go back and look, I like to call those landmarks. Mm-hmm. Um, I should have sent you the picture of what I created from my running bibs, but I have um, um, these letters about yay. Ye- Yay yay tile. Um, And it says action, Uh, I bought action Mm. and um, I actually put my bibs all around them, um, around the letters. And so uh, I don't have it hanging up right now, but I used to have it hanging up where I worked at a couple of years ago. And it helped me as a reminder of you can accomplish things if you really focus your mind. Ooh, I love it. So that really helped me more than the medals. It just kind of reminds me because it's not only because a lot of these races I did were not in Oklahoma. Yeah. So you had to find the finance to get there. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, that's true. It's just that they remind me of personal stories. Yeah. Uh, all those things like okay i was in las vegas or i was in arizona or i was in la or yeah. something like that and it took this is this, this outside of just the physical work just to get to that yeah. place so it there's just stories of um where i've been and how i succeeded in that particular moment and uh, that can happen again if yeah. i use the same um strategy that i used back then yeah.
0: that's That's awesome. You you were talking about waves, and it it brought me back to when I learned how to surf in Dana Point, California. Very nice. (laughs) And I was trying to catch every wave in it. was like six hours on the beach, just just training. And then finally you get out of the ocean, you just want to catch every wave. Right. And as you go through these life experiences, it's not about catching every wave, it's just catching that one wave Mm -hmm. that takes you into that sunset or that takes you into that shore that you can ride and enjoy it.
1: Exactly. Man. Yeah. Profound. It's, dude. it's nice. It's very nice. Wow. And this is, I just feel a different stage going on right now. Yeah. Um, I still like to do the running, but just other things are prioritized right now. Um, um, I do miss it, but I just know I'm in a place where I need to focus on other things. And part of that being becoming established, you know, and finally in one city, cause for a time that 13 year period, it's kind of a traveler. You know, yeah. I kind of bounced around different cities. Right. And so now i got to, I got to grow roots. Eventually I'm not getting any younger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, coming back home, just allowed for that. And, yeah. and, um, now I'm at more. I have the opportunity to really focus here and, uh, try to serve as many people as I can and, yeah. and help as many people as I can at the end of the day.
0: Dude. Tell our listeners and our
1: viewers how great Moore-Oklahoma is. It is amazing. It's a bustling metropolis. Um, It still has that small-town feel to it, but it's on the outskirts of Oklahoma City. Uh, If you like a family atmosphere but yet still want to have fun, you can still do that here. Yeah. And I think that's the best of both worlds. And you, you can't beat, I, I used to live in LA, so I know what the cost of living was out there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the biggest things that keeps me here is yeah. the cost of living and just the atmosphere. Yeah. The atmosphere is great. And if you like athletics, you'll really like it here because it's, you know, just because of OU and yeah. um, the the culture around uh, either the OKC Thunder or the Sooners in football that keeps, you know, it, that's just part of the culture. It's a yeah. sports driven. It's a sports driven culture. So if you Man. like sports, you'll definitely love it around here.
0: God, see, <laughs> 2020, he's not running for president, but he lives in Moore and he loves it.
1: <laughs> it's not a bad place, guys. It's not a bad place at all. <laughs> this is awesome. Gotta love man. it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, Moore, Moore is great. Yeah. You know? So, you know, I, I could, I don't wanna say easily, but uh, I would have a hard time living in Orange County right now, uh, back in California. Just, yeah. uh, it probably be three times as much as what it lives to, to be yeah. in living in Moore. So yeah, I mean, do I miss the, the weather sometimes? Yeah, it's a great day today though, but oh, it's, it's, a, a, yeah, it's yeah. gorgeous, but uh, it's, it's not worth You can always, with the money you save, you can always go back and visit. That's yeah. the way I always answer back over yeah. there with people. They say, why aren't you here anymore? I'm like, well, I can always come to visit guys because just the taxes are unreal over yeah. there. <laughs> Homo Keith, War, Oklahoma. There you go, there you go, don't go no wrong. <laughs> right
0: close, to the, I mean, we're in the Sooner Nation, so yes. this is all good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how does gary augustine warn mm-hmm. want to be remembered
1: it's a good one <laughs> that i cared i think that's the biggest thing for me is that i want people to know that i did care maybe when it seemed like i didn't at the time or i was being maybe uh, not necessarily aggressive but maybe um um passionate to a point yeah that, that it just seemed a little overbearing, which can happen at times. I understand I've gotten better as I aged. Uh, but I, I want people to understand that it was for the, the, the big picture. You know yeah. this is how we get better. You know, this is how to keep longevity. And this is why I'm really strong on certain stances. Um, usually when it does in the weight exercise technique, being the main one, because again, exercise can hurt or help you. Um, I want to be known for a person that was trying to help people in, in that regard, or in what my field of expertise. Yeah, and, and that's what I hope I, I go away as. Yeah. You know, whenever I do retire, so to speak, uh, that people will remember that. And it's like, okay, he was really into this, and he really helped a lot of people um, either see that or execute that, so they could increase their lives and not only their life but their quality of life. On top of that,
0: yeah. man, I love it. I i enjoy your company i enjoy our conversations i enjoy your your therapy your your personality thank you on when you're in the gym when you're on twitter when we're just texting right i really do it's i mean you're a good dude and no matter if you move out of more wherever you go i feel like your attitude and attention to detail is going to be infectious on your community (laughs) and that's what our world needs and the station's very excited and very fortunate to have you. Thank you. <laughs> and so my my wife told me about you when you first helped her with, I think it was her knee. And she's like, man, she, he just fixed me. I was like, wow. <laughs> and she How, you know, I mean, yeah. yeah and I it's like, hard to describe. So then I was like, okay, that. let's put this guy to the test. Okay. <laughs> and that's what exactly what happened to me too. I was like, okay, well then uh, this is amazing. <laughs> Let's talk about this on the podcast. Gotcha. Okay. (laughs) This is great, man.
1: Thank you. This is great. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Two more questions. Okay. Let's go. The uh, how do people get in touch with you?
1: Okay. Uh, they can get in touch with me on any of my socials. It's sweat is free at, on all of them. So you name it. Yeah, I'm there. And sweat it's, is it's, free, it's all one word? Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: On Twitter and on Instagram, yes.
1: Facebook. Probably not Tumblr. I don't, I'm not a Tumblr person So or Reddit. So those are the yeah. only two. But the main, I would call them the main social. What about so, Tinder? Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> Why? He's not on Tinder. Are, are you on Tinder? Curveball. No, no. I'm okay. T- <laughs> don't swing at that curveball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh i are ready for that. Oh, my goodness. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, um, I, I, oh, I do have a website. Hang on. I'm trying to remember how they get a hold of Okay. They can get me on sweatisfree.com or um, I do have an email that they can get to. It's talk at sweatisfree.com. Okay. And so all of those you can get. And it also has my number on my website that you can get a hold of me. So that's pretty much every which way you can you can contact me. So between the socials or the website, um, pretty much readily available. I'll be more than happy to talk with you. And you know, if, if there's something I can do, please let me know.
0: Love it. <laughs> Look in the camera. Oh, Gary Warren, do you approve this podcast? My
1: name is Gary Augustine Warren, and I approve this podcast. My name is Wonglet, and I definitely approve this podcast. Dude, <laughs> awesome, brother, man, <laughs> this is great. <laughs> This is fun. This was really fun. <laughs> this was good.
0: I truly hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have a defining moment or moments you would like to share, please reach out to me. I would love to visit with you about it and share it with the world on a podcast. Here's how to find me. Visit my website, www.definingmomentspod.com. Subscribe to Defining Moments Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed listening to this show, I would be extremely honored if you gave us a review. This helps boost this podcast so more people can find it. Go out and be a positive influence today, every day. Make someone smile. My name is Wong Lam, and I approve this podcast.